0: Mount Junior, woo. then we'll <laughs> kind of all over the place, man. All right, here we go. So, a couple of different things. One, my name is Ryan, I'm the Youth and College Pastor. Welcome to PVN Students. Two, we are in our final week of a series. Whoa, I guess I'm not going to use this one. Uh, our series on heaven, okay? Um, and so, you know, we, we were going to start a different series tonight on calling, but we're actually going to start that next week. I promise that we will start that next week. How do you know what you're supposed to do with the rest of your life? Why you don't have to freak out about it? It's going to be good, okay? Especially for some of our older students, I think it'll be helpful and beneficial, but for the younger ones as well. But tonight, we're doing our last week in our series on heaven, so the last couple weeks we've talked about a a different book Mr. Listen led a couple weeks ago, and then now again you're stuck with me for the second week in a row, Talking Through Heaven, and we recommended a book called Heaven, wonder what it's about, right, by a guy named Randy Alcorn, okay, and we have something that we'll talk through with you guys at the end of the night um, that'll be pretty cool. And so what I wanted to do, you know, you guys seem fairly interested in this. Uh, I have some of you who Uh, you know, I don't know what your reading level is. I don't know how excited you are about reading, but you've come and asked me about the book. And like, I'd like to know more about heaven. And it seems like it's a subject that's interesting to you. So I wanted to kind of come back one more week and just kind of lean in. So here's what we're going to do tonight. It's kind of surprise interactive. Oh, um, so what we're going to do is, um, tonight really is just kind of called heaven. 10 questions and answers. I'm going to go through 10 questions that the book raises about heaven, 10 questions that maybe you have. Um, And we're just going to kind of talk through them a little bit. And then at the end, if we have time, which I think we will, um, we're going to get out here, I think, in record time tonight, as a matter of fact. So, um, but... At the end of the night, if you would like to, you're welcome to ask a question, and I'll do the best I can to answer it, and if some of you, like, have a thought that you want to add, you certainly can. And if you don't, that's okay. I get it. I probably wouldn't raise my hand either, so I might call on somebody. Uh, we'll see. Um, so, it's going to be good. So, a couple of things about heaven that we want to talk through, okay? And let's talk about this, too. Um, when I talk about these questions, here's really kind of where I'm leaning. Okay? As Christians, um, when you pass away, right, you go to be with the Lord in heaven, but that is not your ultimate home. That's not the end of the story. Revelation tells us that Jesus is coming back to remake this earth, the new heavens and the new earth, and at that point, That is the final resting place for the Christian, okay? I'm going to throw out a term. You're going to be like, oh, just chill and hang with me, okay? When you die, if you're a believer, when you die and you go to heaven before the new heavens and the new earth, right? He hasn't come back yet, so you're up there with him. It's called the intermediate state, okay? Kind of in between, right? Intermediary, in between. There's nothing crazy fancy about it. Actually, according to Randy, uh, and I think scripture, it seems like that's gonna be pretty physical and real, just like the new heavens and the new earth will be. Okay? So it's not like there's this big change. But so tonight when I talk about heaven, okay, I'm really talking more about the new heavens and the new earth. Okay? Not so much the intermediate state, though the inter- no one's gonna be like no one's gonna be in the intermediate state being like, oh, I can't wait for the, you know, it's gonna be great. Okay. But the new heavens and the new earth is really what I'm talking about here. Does that make sense? we follow that. If you have questions, again, just wait till the end, right? You guys are normally pretty good about that, but let's wait till the end. All right. So, first question, all right. What will we look like in heaven, right? In the new heavens and the new earth, what will we look like? Um, we will look like us. You will look like you. I will look like me. Uh, think about it. When Jesus comes back from the dead, right? Jesus has a physical resurrected body. Right? You follow that? And in the same way, we will also have physical resurrected bodies. Okay? If that wasn't the case, I don't think Jesus would have come back physically. But He's doing it to kind of set the tone that we're going to be like Him in that we will also have resurrected bodies. As to what age we will be, I don't know the answer to that. But I know that our bodies will not have weakness or pain. Right? Right? So you'll be in an age where you know there's perfect vision, there's no aching, there's no pain. Um, you will very much be yourself in heaven. It will be a place that you can physically enjoy in your physical body, running, sunlight, talking, seeing. You just like this: the new heavens and the new earth, right? You will be able to physically enjoy. It. Like Mr. Listen said, it's not so much. The idea of of the the spirits floating around and we're all just kind of floating and waiting and like cloud watching and just ready for the next thing, that's not really the the, the focal point. Jesus comes back from it in a physical body. So we too will have physical bodies. It'll be a lot like earth is, right? So what you're kind of experiencing now is very close, in a way, if that makes sense, is very close to what heaven will be like and that it will be a place of physical enjoyment. Speaking of physical enjoyment, seniors in high school, will we sleep in heaven, right? Will we sleep in heaven? Because, so, you know, here's kind of the first kickback is, well, we won't need sleep because our bodies will be perfect. Uh, that's true. But we won't need to eat either, right? And the Bible is clear that we will eat in heaven, right? It says the tree of life is there for us to eat from. It says, you know, the marriage supper of the lamb, right? So supper, so like a southern kind of deal, right? So we will eat in heaven, but we don't need food. So, you can't just say, well, we won't sleep because we don't need sleep. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Sleep is a good gift from God. Sleep is not a result of sin. Remember, what did, help me, my theologians, what did God do on the seventh day? He what? He rested, right? And that's not this idea of like God was tired or God ran out of steam. It's not that. But if rest, right, if rest is part of the world before sin comes into it, right, rest is at the end of chapter one of Genesis. The sin comes in chapter 3, if rest is a part of the perfect world before sin, we have every reason to think it'll be in heaven. Sleep is a good, seniors in high school, sleep is a good gift from God, amen? Amen. Yeah, there we go. Um, And it is not a result of sin. That's like the most involved you guys have ever been and I'm talking about sleep therefore it's likely the way now I want you to think about this too naps now nah, and and you know I didn't nap a lot but naps are awesome now right naps are great can you imagine how good a naps gonna be in heaven for real though can you imagine how good a nap will be I can already see like the tears streaming down your eyes as you're so excited but so so will we sleep in heaven I think I, I don't have any reason and I don't and Randy and again I'm getting a lot of these from the book and from the book, right? But I I don't see any reason to think that we won't sleep in heaven. So if you're like in heaven enjoying the wonderful presence of God in a beautiful mountainside or or wherever you choose to go, can you take a nap? Yes, I think you can. Again, physical enjoyment is going to be a part of the new heavens and the new earth, right? Um, Imagine how good a nap in heaven will be. Number three, will we work in heaven? Now, this is an interesting one. Will we work in heaven? Yes, scripture clearly teaches this. Now, a couple of caveats here. Caveat means like a side road. There, there's gonna be some jobs in heaven. Think about this. There will be some jobs in heaven that will no longer be necessary. One of my dad's best friends, he car, or. I mean, not carve like with this thing, but he etches tombstones. That's his job. And the guy's, and my dad's like, what is that like? And the guy's like, well, it's steady work, you know, because it's not like you're going to run out, right? You know? So, but he will no longer, think about it, he will no longer need that job in heaven, right? Funeral planning is not going to be a thing, right? Does that make sense? Like doctors, um, stuff like that, police officers, things like that, because, because the, the effects of sin that they have to deal with, Will no longer be present. Does that make sense? So some jobs will fade away, but we do believe that those people will will still work. I, I I'm you know as a pastor, I used to think, well, I'm not going to be needed in heaven, but I think it would be really cool to preach a sermon about the glory of God whilst in heaven. You see what I mean? Like and to play worship songs in heaven, have a choir sing in heaven. I think that would be so. There's no reason to think that that stops. Um, In Genesis chapter two. In Genesis chapter two verse fifteen, I don't know if you want to turn there and take some notes. If you want to check that out, but in Genesis chapter two verse fifteen, God places Adam in the garden. Are you putting that on the board, Lauren? You are a G. So Genesis chapter two, God places Adam in the garden, and it's interesting because He puts him in the garden to work the garden. He puts Adam in, there it is, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. Now, this is, Gen, now help me, not a trick question, this is Genesis chapter what? Genesis. Two. The fall sin comes in Genesis chapter three. So Adam is working as part of God's perfect plan. So work is not a curse. It's always been part of God's plan. The curse is that work becomes tedious and boring and stressful right Adam is a worker of the field and now he gets thorns and all these different things you may want to write this down uh, next to Genesis 2 you may want to write down Revelation 22 verse 3 now listen to what this says Revelation 22 verse 3 this is about the new heavens and the new earth Revelation or just look at it Revelation 22 3 no longer will there be any curse the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. That sounds like work in the new heavens and the new earth. So in some form or fashion, we will be working, we will be serving. And we're going to talk about that later. Questions is about, will there still be sports? Will there still be art and drama and theater? We're going to talk about that in a minute. But So it seems like there will still be work in heaven. God himself is a worker. Listen to John chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus says, John 5, 17, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. If God works all the time, perfect holy God works all the time, and we're made in his image, there must be something going on where we also work. In fact, now listen to this. Remember, in heaven, we'll have perfect bodies, perfect minds, perfect vision. Many theologians believe that since we will no longer have bodies that are slowed down by sin, we will be able to work more and faster than we ever have on earth. So your productivity will go through the roof in heaven in a way. And I know it sounds like, oh, thanks for this one, Ryan. But see, the, the, the cool thing about this is... I, if if you say no, you're lying, okay, if, and you can't do that in church, right, there is a certain thing when you're doing something that you love, think about what I just said, doing something that you love, and you get lost in it, right, and you enjoy it, and it is, and I don't care whatever, it's satisfying to be studying for a test, and you know, man, that's gonna kill me, and you know, like, that, that may, I don't think those would be in heaven either, but it's a different question. But to be studying for a test and to know that you have done a good job with it, there's a satisfaction in that. Charles Spurgeon says, so many people don't know the deliciousness of work. I know that sounds weird, but there is a sweetness to doing something that you love and getting lost in it. That will be quadrupled in heaven. So, yes, there will be work, but it'll be fun. Now, here's what I want you to think about. Remember, Bless you. Remember, that won't be in heaven either, right? Think about perfect minds, perfect bodies. Think about this. Adam, do you remember? Let's see, let's see who, who's got it. My church kids. Remember, what is Adam's job? Specific, and I know he's working in the garden. What's, what does God tell him to do specifically before he meets Eve? What does he do? Good. Good job, guys. (laughs) So good at this. Um, He names all the animals. And this is one of the things where people who... And again, I'm not trying to pop at him. I'm just telling you. This is one of the things when when we talk about creation being seven literal 24-hour days, this is where some of the pushback comes from because people will say, Adam can't name... Think about all the animals. He can't name all those animals in a day. Clearly, it's not a 24-hour period. But I would... I would humbly kinda push back on that and I would say, I don't think we understand. Now listen, he named every animal in a day. I think we have no idea how deeply sin affects us, how much sin slows down our minds and damages our abilities right, Adam was, had no sin in his life, he was perfect, he was holy, or he was innocent at least, so his mind is not slowed down by sin, you guys will be like that in heaven, your abilities, the things you can do, the things, we're going to talk about that in a minute, is what language will we speak in heaven, right, every tribe, tongue, and, na- and nation, right, so wh- how's that going to work, to have a mind that's not broken down by sin, the effects that sin has on us, we, we're just now beginning to understand, right, it's this unbelievable idea who knows how how much you will be able to do and how much you will love what you do i want you to hear what randy alcorn says in on page 332 of this book on heaven. So it's kind of long, so just kind of bear with me, but it's good. What kind of work will we do in heaven? Maybe you'll build a cabinet with Joseph of Nazareth or with Jesus the carpenter. Think about that. Maybe you'll tend sheep with David, discuss medicine with Luke, make clothes with Lydia, that Lydia or either one, Um, design a new tent with Paul or Priscilla, write a song with Isaac Watts, ride horses with John Wesley, or sing with Keith Green. You don't have to know who those people are. Maybe you'll write a theology of the Trinity with Paul or John or Augustine or Calvin. Our work will be joyful and fulfilling, giving glory to God. What could be better? Listen, generally, unemployed people are not happy because work is a blessing, and not just because of financial reward. Even in a world under the curse, Most of us have known the satisfaction of work. Jesus said to his Father, I brought glory to you here on earth by doing everything you told me to do. I brought you glory by doing everything you told me to do. How will we glorify God for eternity? By doing what he tells us to do. So there's a work, but it's a work that's not hampered by stress and all these other things. It's going to be awesome, right? All right, next one. Will we recognize each other in heaven? Will you re- This is and this is cool. So, we've already talked about it it's pre- we're pretty we're pretty solid that you're going to get your body back. So, we will be able to recognize each other based on what we look like. But this question is usually based on this idea that that heaven will be and in heaven will be disembodied spirits. How are you going to recognize each other? That's where the question comes from. But if we understand that in heaven, you know, Jesus has a physical resurrected body. We will also have physical resurrected bodies. So we'll be able to recognize each other, each other. Um, In the new heaven and new earth, we'll have our bodies. We'll also be think about it. In heaven you'll be wiser and more discerning than you ever were on earth. So, by definition, it's impossible for you not to recognize someone that you know. Because you're way wiser and more intelligent than you've ever been. So, how can you not? I don't remember or I don't recognize. It's impossible for you to say that in heaven, right? Now, think about this. People recognize Jesus after his resurrection, right? They recognize him after his resurrection, which shows that his new body looked the exact same. Now, Slip slip that hand up if you remember what the transfiguration is. Transfiguration. Eight of you. Okay, so the transfiguration is where Jesus takes uh, Peter, James, and John up on the mountain, and and he changes, right, the sword and the light and all these things. Tell me, theologians, who are the two prophets of old who are with Jesus? Moses and good job, Rebecca. Moses and Elijah, right? There's hope for middle school yet. Moses and Elijah, okay. Now, but here's the question: Moses and Elijah lived like a bajillion, not literally, but a long time before Peter, James, and John, right? They lived way before them. So, how did these guys know that it was Elijah and Mo- how did they? You can't say that you recognized him. There's no photos. So, how did they know? It was Moses and Elijah. Listen to what Randy Alcorn says. This may suggest, because remember, they've been in the intermediate state. They've been in heaven, and now they're back, right? This may suggest, listen, that personality will come through our bodies so that we will know people who we haven't even met. If we will recognize people we've never met, how much more will we recognize each other, right? So there's a distinct possibility that in heaven you will bump into people and you'll know who they are. Just like Peter and them knew who Elijah and Moses were, though they've never seen them. You're going to bump into people in heaven that you know who they are just because their personality is coming through their body. You'll know. You'll just know. So there's this awesome interconnectedness in heaven. So will we recognize each other? The answer is an emphatic yes. Right? All right. Who will be... Our friends. This is an interesting question. Who will be our friend? Now, this is, this is going to blow... If, if you listen to it right, this is going to blow your mind. Because I was like... Because, like, who will be our friend? I think we all... I'm, I'm, my friends are going to be my friends. And, yes, thank you for filling me in on that. I know. But, so why would I put this question in here? Listen to what he says. In heaven, our dear friends... So think about, like, right? You girls, right? Your homeboys, right? In heaven, our dear friends will be even better than they were on earth. Augustine says, we will know people more deeply. So the people who are special to us will be that much more special. Jokes will be that much funnier. And we will love our friends without fear of that friendship ever ending. So there's this deeper, your, your friends will be even more genuine. They will not in any way be tainted by sin. You will be more genuine. You will not, so the people that you love now like the people that you're just like, man, like, like you're a real one. You know what I mean? Like the people that you're that close to, it's going to be so much deeper in heaven. It's going to be even better. Now listen to what Randy Alcorn says about this. Some people don't meet their best friends until they're over 50. What if your best friend is someone you will meet in heaven? What if your friend group will add more people to it, but you won't meet them until you all pass into eternity? Then your oldest friendships will grow deeper and you'll forge fresh new ones. You know, you meet, you, you meet your friends or you meet these people at you know Christian camp or whatever and you follow each other and it's great. But like, I would never have met you had we not gone to this camp together. But think about heaven. You'll meet someone maybe in heaven Who will become your best friend for eternity, and that group will continue to grow for eternity. It's this interesting thing, and and it's a thing of hope for some of us too, and it's a thing of joy for others. Like it's just this awesome idea. So many friendships I feel like can be filled with backstabbing and different things. And then they're they're your friends here, and then they're not your friends here. And we were like like Sandra and I were talking about in college earlier today. How? In college, a lot of times that that friendship just kind of rotates in and out, but to have this perfect friendship that grows deeper and deeper, and maybe you haven't even met your best friend yet, and you won't until heaven, and then you become best friends for eternity. Heaven is awesome even for friendship. All right, what languages will we speak in heaven? Okay, Um, you don't have to turn there. Revelation 21 seems to suggest that there will be um, different nations, Okay, so there will be other nations in heaven. Um, You know, every tribe, nation, and tongue. That's the saying, right? That seems to suggest that we will retain our languages. If you're a Christian from the United States, in a way, you're always going to be a Christian from the United States. Does that make sense? Like, Even in heaven... You were born, if you you follow me, you were born in the United States, you're from there. So if he says, if you're still from that nation and in that tongue, it suggests that you'll probably keep that same language. So how are we going to understand each other? Well, there's a couple possibilities, okay? It's possible that when we get to heaven, we will be given a native, this is interesting, a native heaven language that we all know, and then we have our own language you know, English language or Swahili or or, or Spanish or whatever you have, right? now. And think about Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve were created, we don't have any record of them being taught a language. They were created with the language. They had a language inherently at creation. So maybe we'll have a language that we're given inherently at the new creation as well as our own. This is is also what Randy says on page 379. This is what he says. We will not be all-knowing in heaven like God is. So it's doubtful that we will know all languages. You see what I mean? We're not God, so we, may, we probably won't know all languages. But we will certainly be able to learn them much faster, right? As we get to know people in heaven, one way we could get to know them better is to learn their language. Maybe within a day or a week we will pick up their language and they will start to understand ours in a day or a week right think about that i had a guy in seminary so my first class in seminary was hebrew okay so that was awesome and so i'm learning hebrew from a teacher who speaks english but a guy sitting next to me is from at the time is from south korea so he speaks korean English is his second language and now he's learning Hebrew through his second language. And then there was me and it was awesome, right? But to imagine to be able to pick up Hebrew, Korean, Swahili, Spanish, German in a day. To be able to pick it up because your mind will be perfect, right? You'll be able to think through things so much faster and process things so much faster and teach other people your language so much faster so there's this awesome idea maybe through the course of a dinner conversation we will pick up the language of a new friend so you sit down to dinner in heaven so yes there will be eating amen right in heaven and by the end of the dinner conversation you'll have picked up this person's language because our minds will be perfect again to be in a world that is free from sin is something that we just don't have the ability to grasp yet the the effects and not just sin like You watch that bad TV show, now you can't learn Spanish as quickly. That's not what I mean, right? Though they're probably related in some deep theological way, but it's this idea that that sin has impacted all of creation. So it's damaged our minds, it's damaged our abilities to retain, it's slowed us down. To be totally unencumbered by that, Adam named all the animals in a day. We will have the same capacity. So, speaking, wow, that was a totally... Perfect transition. What about animals? Okay, let's talk about animals real quick. First of all, extinct animals. It's very likely that they will be in heaven. Jesus and the new heavens and the new earth, right? Jesus is making all things new. There doesn't seem to be any, you know, all things. There doesn't seem to be any reason to suggest that he wouldn't include past animals in all things, like all things that you know about. No, all things means all things, animals that we've never even seen. And, they're, and and the great thing about that too, now hang on, those of you who like hate birds or whatever, or to this fly that's around here, like I hope he, maybe he or she is listening, right? Um, maybe that's why, because like they love the sermon. Anyway, okay, here we go. So maybe it's, it's this idea, um, as a result of the flood, okay, as a result of the flood and also sin, we're almost at enmity with the animals, right? Nobody's going to go walk around. like You don't jump down in the zoo and get to see. the like, You just don't do that, right? It's not your thing. Because there's this enmity. But in heaven, right, it talks specifically, the lion will lay down with the lamb, right? There is no more predatory nature in these animals. And so for us, we'll be able to hang out with giraffes or whatever and like whatever your thing is and like swim the depths of the ocean with those animals and it won't be weird or scary or like slime you know it's going to be good right there's this cool idea that we'll be able to and now here's the other, here's the other thing that's going to really trip you out you know the serpent in genesis 3 speaks and eve doesn't at all seem surprised by that right is it, is it possible that animals will be able to speak? That, that's where Randy kind of, he just kind of gives his opinion. I'm like, I don't know. But it's in there, right? So maybe. So again, heaven gives all these possibilities with animals. Now, pets. Will there be pets in heaven? Your pet that has passed away, will it be in heaven? Here, here's the best I can do for you on this one, okay? So dry your eyes. Um, it seems possible it seems possible. God is the giver of all good things, right? Listen to Joni Erickson Tata in her book about heaven. She says, If God brings our pets back to life in heaven or creates them anew, it wouldn't surprise me. It would be just like God's generous character to do so. He's the giver of all good things. It, it doesn't seem to be in step with Him withholding something like that from you if it If it's just a good thing, does that make sense? Um, It it certainly doesn't seem like that wouldn't be possible. Okay, Um, so so maybe that's something to think about and hang on to. To enjoy God's creation is part of enjoying Him, and I think animals factor into that. I think pets can factor into that. I don't see why pets wouldn't be. There's no. Let me put it this way. There's. I don't see, and Randy hasn't seen evidence in Scripture that would. that would say that there's not going to be, right? Does that make sense? Okay, a couple more, and then we'll just kind of open it up, and then we'll, we'll be done. Um, will there be art and drama and entertainment, movies, right, will they, will, and, and plays and books? Yes, right? Uh, will those be in heaven? So, so think about it. We don't stop working, right, for most things. The ability to write and tell stories w- was not because of sin, That's not a result of the fall. That's a result of God making us image bearers. God tells a story, and we in His image love stories of our own. You know, and and let me say this some movies contain sin, and they will not be in heaven. But the great movies, just like the great books, tell this is Randy talking, tell stories of good triumphing over evil, which is an echo of the greatest story ever told. So it seems like if we will continue to work in some form, then it's not out of bounds to think that, you know, to think that authors and playwrights will continue to work and, and movies and directors. I didn't I didn't pick it up, but um Randy talks about will there be technology in heaven, right? Or will we all just be in a, a field or whatever, right? You know, like what what do we do? And he talks about that, right? It seems like they will be there. In fact, it, now listen, think about this. If we believe that we will have perfect minds in heaven, no longer held back by sin, then it doesn't make sense to say that then, then doesn't it make sense to say that the greatest books, plays and movies haven't even been written yet and they won't be until we are in heaven. So not only will there be stories and books and movies in heaven, but they will literally be the best ever because they're created by people whose minds have not been slowed down. The funniest comedies ever, the like deepest tear jerkers ever. Like Pixar good, right? All the time. That sounds awesome, okay? And then th- here's my last one, okay? Will there be sports, right? Will there be sports in heaven? Can we play ultimate frisbee in heaven, right? Sports are not or or, or dance or or whatever have you, right? Sports are not a result of the fall. Okay? The Christian life is compared to sports in 2 Timothy and 1 Corinthians. Paul specifically uses sports to describe the Christian life. Uh, Chariots of Fire. Slip that hand up. Two of you, maybe? Cool. All right. Okay, that's fine. All right, good. Good job, guys. Um, It's fine. It's a good movie. Um, Eric Liddell is is this runner in Chariots of Fire. Dude was a missionary in China, so it seems like he's got it together, but he's also an Olympian class Runner and he says in the movie, God made me fast. When I run, I feel His pleasure. It makes sense that if God gives certain people to be doctors and healers and pastors and teachers and and you know whatever garbage disposal or garbage workers and all all over the spectrum, if he if he gives people gifts and thoughts to do these things, it it, it doesn't make sense that sports is out of that realm, right? So it seems that sports will be there. Um, People say this: Sports can't be in heaven because competition brings out the worst in people, and that's definitely true on earth for show. Sure. Um, but competition won't bring out the worst in people if there's not a worst in people to bring out. You follow me? If there's not a worst in people to bring out, then sports are just going to be awesome. Um, listen to now, but in sports, people have to lose, and in heaven, there won't be losing. Listen to what Randy says, I played in a five-hour tennis match one time against the best player in our region. Each of the three, this is not in heaven, right? This is here, okay? So each of the three sets went into a tie break. I came away exhausted, lost two toenails, and limped for a week. Did I regret losing that match? Not at all. Now listen to what he says, losing a game isn't evil. It's not part of the curse. To say that everyone has to win in heaven or they'll be disappointed is to underestimate what a resurrected heart is capable of. To the new nature, losing is not going to bother you nearly as bad as it did, right? Um, just like with this guy. I mean, he plays his heart on and he loses, but there was such a joy in the game that it didn't matter if he lost. So it seems like there will be sports and, and entertainment and drama and movies in heaven, right? So, couple of things I want to leave you guys with, and then we'll open up for just a couple minutes here, but heaven is a much more physical place than we think, right? Like Mr. Listen said, and like we've been teaching, heaven is a physical place. The new heavens and the new earth are a physical place that you will get to physically enjoy, okay? And that includes food and sleeping and sports and sleeping and entertainment and sleeping, right? It's going to be awesome, okay? It's this awesome, awesome place. And then secondly, you know, remember, think about... We so underestimate the effect that sin has on our bodies, has on our ability to interpret and listen and think through things. So to be in a world where that doesn't exist opens up to incredible possibilities.